Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. I'm delighted to be speaking with Suzanne Kirley, who helps writers plan, create, publish, and market their books and negotiate the complex digital world of publishing. An experienced interviewer and writer herself, she's recently embarked on a new book project of her own called Australian Business Success Stories, where she's intent on finding the unsung heroes and revealing their wisdom. Hello, Suzanne. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. Jolly good. Well, look, now the, the first in your series, uh, I know is it's already out there on the bookshelves and it features some pretty fascinating personalities from your hometown of Canberra. So come on, I thought what we'd do is uh, is ask you to give us a snapshot of some of the some of the lessons that you've learned that uh, we can all share in. Yes, I um, I had a wonderful time. Obviously, starting in one's own hometown is a good good place to start. Yes. So um, I I managed to do sixty interviews for this. Sixty six zero six zero sixty and wow. fifty seven ended up in the book. Gosh. And uh, so it's it's a huge tome, <laughs> but it's just full of such um, stories that really will touch your heart. You know. Mm. Tell um, me before before I get you going. Do you do you as a writer and as a as a in this instance you know a researcher and a writer, do you absolutely believe that everybody has a story in them? I certainly do. I think, um, you know, Kate Grenville, um, a famous Australian author, once said that the stories worth telling are the ones that we haven't heard of. Uh, You know, there are lots of famous people and in the business world, of course, you know, we've got the usual, Mm, (laughs) Um, you know, uh, the virgin guy and... um, and, uh, Lots lots of celebs that we quote all day, every day. Absolutely. mm. So, um, you know, the idea is that there are people out there doing extraordinary things and overcoming amazing hurdles that you wouldn't think, you know, they have really, really um, a penchant for business, I would mm. say. <laughs> okay, well, why don't, let's have a look at a couple of those. So which, which, what are yeah. some standouts for you from this, your first book? It's very hard. It's like asking me which children I love the most. <laughs> However, okay. I will give you a couple of glimpses. Sure. Um, so I have um, uh, three parts to the book. So there's services, products and experiences. So mm. there are people in different areas of business. Sure. Um, so I think that uh, one of my favourites in retail is a butcher. 
<laughs> and the butcher's story is so interesting because he's got a, 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 butcher, a butcher shop in a local, you know, town centre yep. and um, a small, very small suburban one. And uh, I, he caught my eye because every time I walked past his butcher shop, there was a joke on a blackboard outside the shop. Hmm. <laughs> and people were taking photos of it and putting it on Facebook. What a great marketing ploy that is. Most <laughs> so, definitely. Absolutely. So I uh, entered the shop and asked to speak to him and I found this wonderful Irishman who uh, is a stand-up comedian in his spare time <laughs> and so a real personality. And he told me the story of um, Tony Abbott, um, he got Tony Abbott into the shop hmm. and um, and that was because he attended a, a business uh, function at the local chamber. Yeah. So he, he got talking with um, <laughs> with some people who rang him up and said, would you like a min prime ministerial visit? He said, oh, yes, please. And so Tony Abbott turned up at his shop and uh, bought some cattleman's cutlets uh, coming to $97, and he gave him a $2 discount. <laughs> right. And that that story made the project, the fact that he only gave the Prime Minister a $2 discount, seemed to catch the imagination of the media. So he got lots and lots of business um, from that one. That was <laughs> And tell me, did, when so that... that uh... Okay, so for people, anybody uh, listening who doesn't know, Tony Abbott was at that point our prime minister, and uh, this the project that you mentioned is a, a you know a national sort of uh, news program, light news program. So he got onto that. So that's that's some pretty uh, that's 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 pretty good coverage. But was it positive or negative? I mean, were people saying why oh, didn't you why know, didn't you give him more or what? Well, no, no, he got a, he got a few um, hate uh, hate emails. <laughs> Right. But he also got a lot of people curious about the shop and going in there. So, um, yeah, the project just thought it was hilarious that mm. he only gave Tony Abbott the two dollar discount. But the you know the point of the whole matter was uh, he he did something unique. <laughs> it was a unique selling proposition. So um, I thought that was that mm. was a really fun. And I guess story. yeah, I guess the point there as well is that um, you know one kind of step before that is that. When the sort of local dignitaries were thinking of, okay, where can we have, you know, what what retail outlets can we have our prime minister walk into? They immediately thought of him, and presumably they thought of him, not you know, totally, but in part because here's someone who's active. He's got his board outside. He's working social media well. You know, it's not um, difficult to see why that person would be sort of front and center, and that's where. So many of these um, sort of opportunities come as you've got to be kind of in it to win it, haven't you, to, to use an old cliche? Absolutely. And I think uh, the difference between entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs is that they recognise the doors open and they don't slam it. <laughs> mm, quite right. Okay, so we can assume that this, um, this, this Irish gentleman has a, a good business, a successful business, and uh, he's you know, in a competitive uh, sector, of course. But he's uh, he's doing well because he's standing out by doing some some fairly unique things. So okay, let's move on from him. So who else have you got? All right, I have a twenty nine year old um, guy who who now has two restaurants. 
The first one is just so successful. It's a cake and cafe um, here locally in Canberra, mm. which he started when he was 19. So at 19, he took his mum to some cafe for Mother's Day. Right. So the story goes. And he was straight out of school and he asked at this cafe whether they wanted any work experience students. And so they said yes and he got in and he was working in the back. Uh, or first of all, he was working at front of house, you know, taking orders. Yep. And then he... Um, had a go in the in the kitchen when someone was sick and really liked that. And he learned all the aspects of running a business and decided at the age of, uh, the ripe age of 19, that he, he could do a better job. <laughs> so he set up with his mother and sister, three of them, a cafe in Jamison Centre, if you're in Canberra, it's it's a fairly small uh, shopping centre. And he started there with three staff, both, uh, all three of them in the same family. And now he has uh, 50 staff. He's 29. This is 10 years later. Mm. He has 50 staff and he started last year a second cafe on the south side and he works seven days a week. Amazing for such a young fellow, but so passionate. Um, he creates the cakes himself People take pictures of the cakes and put them on Facebook too because it's so, um, you know, it's aesthetically very pleasing, mm. the decor of the restaurant. And um, he works seven days a week and, and um, you know, his, his family came from the supermarket area. Okay. And uh, he grew up understanding that you work seven days a week to get ahead. And uh, so his dream is... In his 30s, he'd like to have a family and he'd like to not have to work so hard. So, But at the moment, he's passionate and, uh, you know, his second restaurant's going well. So for someone so young, I think that's just an amazing story. Mm, look, I, I agree. And as long as, you know, it concerns me when I hear of anyone who's working seven days a week, but um, it does sound like he's got a plan, which is, you know, work, work <laughs> well, hard now and um, pull back in the not-too-distant yeah. future. You're right, you know, Robert, you and I talked about this um, in terms of you need a, a, a balance in your life mm. and you and I both believe that. But I think in certain cultures they, their plan is that they run uh, like fish and chip shops, for example, you know, they'll run it for five years, seven days a week and then they, or, or you know, the Greeks, they go off to Greece for <laughs> six months and then come back and start again. So mm. I think there are different different strokes for different folks yeah and different different work ethics and different plans but it sounds certainly like yeah. he's doing it and it's interesting that um you know he felt so compelled at the uh, the tender tender age of 19 to do it and i mm. guess that um having come in you know with a with the family background in the supermarket industry i would imagine he's he's got a, a you know a deep sense of customer service and you know that all those sort of things because you hear so many stories of, of small cafes and restaurants that don't work um, and often because I think when you're observing it from the outside, it looks like, you know, well, how hard's that? You stand behind the counter and you say yes to things. Um, mm. It's not like that, though, is it? It's, you no, know. And, and in his case, um, the um, skill that he has is strategic. His strategic planning is amazing. Uh, he has young people standing at the doors. There's two entrances to the restaurant. And um, 
they work with walkie-talkies and they find a seat for you as soon as you get in. And so um, there's minimal time waiting because it's so popular they had long queues out of the restaurant. Mm. <laughs> and so he decided that um, he would scrap bookings and use this walkie-talkie system to seat people. And if there's no, there are no seats, uh, you know, they'll say to them, look, it's probably five or ten minutes and, uh, you know, they, uh, they, it's customer service to the hilt, yeah. you know. Very impressive. Okay, well, that's that's two good ones. What about um, anyone in the in the service in, side? Let's go over that way. Yeah, on the service side, there's a wonderful um, <clears throat> strategic design business mm. um, started by John Body called Think Place. Right now, this is a fascinating business. Um, they do a lot. Of course, we're in Canberra, and they do a lot of work for defence, etc. And it's about bringing the the heart, the creative side, together with the strategic side. So they hire the best people who have these skills and then they go into companies and to government and uh, work out strategic plans. Mm. And he has a worldview. The thing about John Boddy is, is, is he thinks big and right. that's a really good good uh, sign for business <laughs> entrepreneurs. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so he went into Africa and started uh, working there. And then, um, you know, I think he's opened in New Zealand and, you know, he's in several countries now where he's replicating this strategic thinking combined with creativity and, um, you know, making a difference to lots and lots of people. And his secret is that you find the best people better than you in whatever they do and you hire them and then you've got a team. Mm. And uh, so he spends his time travelling between <laughs> between these branches all over the world and uh, just having a ball. Mm. And wh where do you think he got his drive from then? You know, how right. does... So he... He started off in the public service, uh, as a lot of people do, mm. you know, working for big corporations or government. And um, he um, he got the idea because um, a tender came up and, of course, he couldn't go for it because he was a public servant. Right. <laughs> but that's when he got the idea that this is something that organisations need um, because in the age of creativity, we also need the strategic skills. Mm. Um, and he thought this is a unique approach um, because either <clears throat> people have high creative skills or they're very strategic thinkers, very few have both. So um, so he got the idea that this would be good and um, he didn't, I don't think he got that tender, uh, but he he quit his job and then went for the next tender. <laughs> okay, so by just by by seeing that kind of opened a a window to that uh, that suited the the vision perhaps that he was starting to create for himself, and he thought, right, yeah, that's, that's enough of sitting around here. I'm going to go off and do this thing. Yes, and and there there's a lot of self belief in it too. You know, mm. he used to be in charge of um of hiring people through the tender process and. Um, he thought to himself at one stage, gee, I could do a better job. 
<laughs> than some of these people who were applying for the tenders. So there was a lot of self-belief in there, and I think that that's an important thing. And with him, the thing that really impressed me with him was that he he has never borrowed one cent, hmm. and now he has a multi-million dollar business. Uh, he's never borrowed one cent, and he uses very, very um, good professional advisors and in fact he believes in mentors and he's had several um, as he's grown to each new level he's needed a new mentor and you know used to have strategic planning sessions with his mentors on a regular basis and the other the other hint that he gave me is you need to know every day where you stand financially in that business mm. That's something that's tough for us to do. It, yeah, it is tough, and it, it's it's a discipline. But um, you know, there there are doubtless some people listening who absolutely shake, uh, you know, nod their head and go, "Yes, of course." Uh, equally, they'll probably be the same, if not more, who think, mm, "Yeah, I don't really want to know." But you know, information is um, is always best to have it. Uh, otherwise, I think what we tend to do is it sort of sits in the back of our mind and can um, be very you know, at times unsettling and uh, you know mess with our our productivity but clearly again a, a guy there that and I love that notion that um, you know a very sensible one clearly that he surrounds himself with people better than himself um, mm. and he also knows where to go for support and he enrolls it and keeps it and and by the sounds of it is continually stretching himself which is um, you know clearly a, a good lesson for all of us so what about one cheeky one more? Got one more for us? All right. How about from the experiences range? Mm. Um, we have a lot of very interesting people. Uh, Louise Curtis from Lollipops. Now, she started years ago. I used to run a business a breakfast and um, she came to me and said, I've started a business on my kitchen bench making hampers, you know, hamper-esque, she mm. called. Right. She said, could I... Could I provide a hamper for all your speakers? And uh, that way I can, um, you know, get the word out about me. And I said, yes, certainly. Well, from those days, that was I about 15 years ago, I think. Mm, I, think I, might uh, have, uh, I think I might have got one of those hampers. Yes, yes, you could have. Mm. Um, and uh, so, so from Hamperesque, she went on to, to create a business called Lollipots, which you may have heard of. She 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 sends these. Uh, she's based in Canberra, but it's it's an online business. So people from all over Australia, Sydney, I think she said is her biggest market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get these um, lollipots, uh, which is like a flower arrangement, only it's full of lolly <laughs> lollies. Um, um, you know, those round round sucker things, but gorgeous gorgeous presentation. Yeah, I so, think I've seen one of those um, very recently. Actually, yeah. yeah, I have. Now you mention it. Chocolate bouquets and gift baskets. Mm. And so, yeah. is she running that as a as still as a as a very small business from a kitchen table, or has it grown somewhat? No, it has grown somewhat, and mm. now she's she's uh, she was wor- working it from home for a few years, and then when she branched out into lollipots, she took uh, a commercial premises, and then went to uh, she's in a bigger commercial premises in uh, in a, the industrial area here, where she has people who will pack and send these items and uh, she's just um, gone into fairy cakes i heard <laughs> since i wrote her story she's now got a third branch so you know some of these people are serial entrepreneurs mm. 
big thinkers and uh, creatively can seek out where there's a gap in the market. Yeah, right? and uh, interesting that um, you know she started with what sounds like a very sort of hands-on, you know, put them in a hamper, wrap them up yourself, get in your car and deliver them somewhere kind of business. And, um, and obviously at some point you're saying, well, actually, no, there's a, there's a smarter, better way to do this that gives me a much, much broader market, which is, you know, the online business that you're talking about now, where it's um, presumably much more straightforward, or well, maybe that's not the right word, but certainly has much, you know, has much, is much more scalable, a business that's much easier to grow. Yes. Yes, scalability is is an interesting um, concept, though, mm. because I think I found through all the interviews, you know, success is such a nebulous thing. And in my book, success means you've been in business for 10 years or more and you must be doing something right. Um, but I found that um, people's aspirations differed greatly. You know, there were people there who were really happy with their business and didn't want to grow, you know, scale up to something huge yeah uh, they wanted to enjoy their lives and they were happy with what they were doing and um, you know I had the the belief erroneously <clears throat> before I did these um, interviews I had the belief that if you're not growing you're you're uh, going down you mm. know but this this was not the case with some of them um, you know some of them didn't want to to become millionaires and and in fact all of them, not one went into business just to make money. No, well, that's reassuring. It's reassuring. Mm. And and I think that, um, you know, the public seems to think that if you're in business, it's it's about greed, mm. uh, you know, and you're, you're ripping people off. But most of these people gave back mm. or give back and continue to give back. You know, uh, Terry Snow, who who owns Canberra International Airport, <laughs> his story is quite funny, actually. Um, he started in accounting and hated it so much he used to drive the long way to work because <laughs> right. he didn't want to be there. <laughs> and then he went into real estate and now, of course, he's one of Australia's richest men. But mm. really interesting that that he also, as one of Australia's richest, richest men, he didn't go into it to make money. You know, he he became passionate about real estate and mm. um, and he's passionate about local and the Snow family have set up a foundation that gives millions away and a lot of people don't know, you know, they don't realise. And there were many people in the book actually who give back to the community but quietly, you know, yes. it's not a big fanfare. Yeah, already. not shouting from the rooftops at all. No. Mm. And that's really, you know, it's very... Assuring and, and heartwarming. Heart <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is. So, look, it's, thank you so much for sharing those. And this, this is like this is book number one. Um, and yes. you've so you undertook sixty interviews, fifty-seven yes. made it in the book. Uh, that's a lot of work. I mean, uh, it is a lot of work. Mm. But you know, like like we say, if you love what you do, it's not work. So, I mean, I learned an awful lot about business from these people. Mm. And uh, their stories were so interesting because I said to them, I, I, I don't want to look at us, aren't we, terrific PR job because we're all sick of that. I wanted the real story of what they did when their backs were against the wall and what was the most exciting aha moment. And, you know, the, per, the human perspective of, of what it takes to be in business. And I think there are a lot of lessons for people to learn, particularly if you're going into business or you're new in business. Um, 
And so now I'm working on Australian business success stories. So I'm after really good stories. So if your listeners are no one or are one, <laughs> I'd love to hear from them. Fantastic. And where should, where should they, how can they get in touch with you? Well, at the moment, I haven't set up the uh, the Australian Business Success Stories website. I'm, I will. But at the moment, if they go to canberrabusinesssuccessstories.com, there's okay. a form they can fill in to suggest someone for uh, for the book. And okay, so Canberra Business Success Stories dot com dot com. Okay, it's got and three S's. Just how it's how it's written. Okay, <laughs> and no one should be concerned about putting themselves forward. It's okay to do that, isn't it? Look, it absolutely is because mm. at the end of the day, um, you know, it's the human story and you and I know that storytelling is so powerful for business people. A lot of the people in the book have, have reported that they've got a lot of business out of it because people get to know like know you and like you and, and uh, so they come to do business with you, which is, you know, natural and, and mm. logical. <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? Look, yeah. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you here and uh, and uh, keep us in touch with um, how the series develops and uh, look forward to hearing some uh, more stories of your, your unsung heroes. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 